0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of behind the bliss i am so excited to be spending time with you guys today after an incredible weekend of just so much fun our little one maddox just turned one on monday but we went home to south carolina to spend time with family and friends and do a really big birthday bash for him on sunday and we had so much fun being in oklahoma and just being military spouse we haven't really spent a lot of time with family and friends and so when we do we like to go big when we go home and it is always a blast i'm posting a lot of fun birthday detail pictures over on instagram so i'll link that in the show notes if you are a visual kind of person and want to come hang out with us via pictures we had a bouncy house our little theme was time flies when you're having fun and of course it was airplane themed because as is everything else in our life someone was like you should mix it up you shouldn't do airplanes you know you should do something like uh, what was it? Rookie year for like baseball or someone else said you should do first trip around the sun, like a space theme or a hole in one a golf theme. And I kept thinking and I'll like, say all those just seem so unnatural because it's just not what our life is like right now. It's so occupied by airplanes that why not just commit? And funny enough, Maddox had his like first word besides mama and dada and like milk and all that his first word was airplane i'm not even kidding you it maybe wasn't something he recognized an airplane in the sky i was like airplane but i showed him a picture of an airplane and said the word and he repeated it and i have a video for proof you don't believe me it was just the sweetest thing fun fact well i guess a not so fun fact um thomas actually had a stomach bug the entire weekend which was really sad because he actually Um, was able to come spend it with us and got some time off of training to fly to South Carolina. And so he literally flew to South Carolina and became sick like the moment he landed. And for a second, we thought maybe it was like food poisoning or something, but no, no, it was a full-on stomach bug. And so Maddox got it and then I got it. So that's behind the bliss of the birthday party because you can see all the fun, fun pictures and assume it was so fun, which of course it was, but Thomas literally like was laying down inside the whole time, came out to sing happy birthday and see the birthday cake. And then he went back inside. So poor thing. He missed a lot of it, but it's okay. We'll try again next year. And then Maddox was sick on his birthday. So we didn't really get to do a lot of the fun plans that we thought we were going to do to celebrate him big, but we will spoil him rotten this week. And then to top off our weekend, we flew back home. Maddox and I flew home um, a couple days into the week and Thomas had to go back quickly on Monday just for some training stuff. But we stayed for a few days longer which was nice especially since we weren't feeling hot and we flew home and when we got back here to Oklahoma our bags did not make it basically American Airlines I'm I'm looking at you they messed up my bags and put my bags under a different passenger name so not only were my bags delayed they literally couldn't find them because they weren't attached to my ticket like they were not attached to my reservation so we had to go on a hunt my name was Sarah Harris on my bags. So Sarah Harris, hello if you are listening. <laughs> Sorry for this mix-up because she probably had just as hard of a time getting her bags because they were probably under my name. Um but my bags were just delivered this morning and that's why I'm able to actually bring you this episode now. So Everything that you hear moving forward from now has been pre-recorded and finally can get to your ears because American Airlines finally delivered my luggage that had my laptop and my podcast mic, all of Maddox's things, super inconvenient, but whatever, and we can actually bring you this episode. So without further ado, I decided to bring you a really fun conversation, just me, myself and I chatting with you, being really candid about what the first year of motherhood looked like since we have overcome the first year and raising a child and keeping him alive and thriving in the midst of moving and life in different seasons and a pandemic. And if you are a new mom, then you probably are going to be nodding your head and doing the praise hands the entire episode because this is something you either need to hear or you have heard and it's being reconfirmed. Or maybe you are a mom who is seasoned and she's done it and she's listening back. And maybe this can apply to different seasons in your life besides motherhood. Or hey, maybe you yearn and you desire to be a mom. And these different fun things that I'm sharing with you could prepare you or plant a seed in your mind for when the time comes to become a mom. So regardless of what your season looks like at the moment, whatever your title is to whoever it is too, um, this is just to encourage you and just share share some truths that have either been shared with me directly from the Holy Spirit and like downloaded from my relationship with the Lord or from resources like fun books that I've read. And honestly, most of this just comes from people that I love and admire in my life that have shared some of these amazing, amazing tips and advice and encouragement with me. So passing this all along to you in today's episode of Behind the Bliss. If you are not already on our text list, you can get on that list by texting the word bestie to 55444. We tell you about this almost every episode because it is that much fun and that important, I promise. You get behind the scenes information, encouragement, and other things that you're going to want to know. I can guarantee it. This summer and this spring is full of fun that we are excited to bring to you. And I don't want you to miss a thing. And I want you to know about it as soon as we're able to tell you about it. So our text list actually gets first dibs First information, first discount codes on anything that we have to tell you, it's worth being on the list. I promise. We are dropping our merchandise in just one week. So again, text the word bestie to 55444. There are going to be a lot of things that I feel like all of us hear when we become moms, like advice, whether it's unsolicited or asked for, that's going to be I mean, like the advice is just all over the place. There's advice where it's like, well, make sure your baby's not crying before they go to sleep. And then there's other advice that say you have to let them cry or else they won't learn how to soothe and everything in between. And how is it that we are supposed to decide what this true advice is and what it's not? Well, I think I have an answer, not to everything, but at least to this one part. So for me, I have been able to make the best decisions for Maddox knowing some foundational truths from these foundational people with incredible foundational advice that I am so excited to share with you guys today. So the first one's going to be one that you've probably heard so many times before, but I am so stinking serious when I say this, but follow your gut. Follow your mom gut. You are the best mom for your baby, and your baby is the best baby for you. And you are going to know your baby better than anybody else in the world, and you've been given an intuition and a gut and, for us, the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us in making decisions, whether it's, oh, I should go in their room and check up on them, or if it's, oh, I need to go ahead and lay them down for a nap now, even though it's not time yet, as the books say. Or if it's, I'm going to start feeding my child this way instead of that way. Like that is all something that once you do your research, yes, make sure you find information. You making the decision I can trust is going to be the best decision made for your baby. So I love the advice of just following your gut, which sounds so crazy. And everyone says it over and over again. And when someone told it to me before I even became a mom earthside, I remember thinking, how like how am I even going to have these feelings? I feel like I'm not going to know what to do or how everything happens. And sure enough, it was so strange. Like that first week at home, I remember experiencing that gut feeling multiple times. And I acted on it. And it's so weird how when you act on those gut feelings and intuition and you follow the Holy Spirit's guidance as a mom, everything just turns out a little bit easier than if you had just played it cool or tried to follow a textbook or, whatever, or follow other people's advice even. And it kind of gets royally messed up and then you get frustrated and you're so tired as a first time mom, ain't nobody got time for frustration. So I love this advice of just following, following your instinct. Another piece of advice that means the world to me, and I tell this to all my girlfriends, either becoming moms, or I even remind myself and my girlfriends that we already are moms. Ask for help before you need it. Don't wait until you're in over your head. (laughs) Like if someone says, hey, how can I help you? And you're doing okay, actually, still, still ask for their help, still accept the help they're offering. Ask them to do your laundry or to unload your dishwasher or to sweep or mop your floors or watch your baby while you go for a jog or a walk or whatever it looks like. Because in the moments that you are overwhelmed and you actually need the help, it might be too late. Not too late for other people to step in and help, but too late for you to find the clarity of how people can step in and help. And I would hate for you to get to that point. I have been there and it is no fun. So when people offer help and I'm in over my head, I want it so badly, but I don't know how to ask or how to accept it or where to even give them specific instruction on how they can help me because I'm just so cluttered in my mind. Ask for help before you need it and accept the help before you think you need it because when things get messy, you might be too overwhelmed to know how to accept it. My next one that I love And I can talk about this for forever, so don't let me. But I posted an Instagram post about this a few days ago and it got an incredible response because it is just so true. I am not responsible for my child's safety. Like I am, I I mean, sure, I am. Like I can keep them away from danger, but I can't keep them away from risk. And there are going to be moments in their life when they fall literally or metaphorically in relationships or on the playground, when they get bruised and bumped, and scraped um, by the world around us because it's just a hard world and it's a fallen world. And we have been promised that in this world, we're going to find trouble, but that we can take hope because Jesus has overcome the world. And in that, my job is not to keep Maddox out of trouble because trouble is going to find them. My job, however, is to equip him with the tools necessary to persist in the middle of the trouble and to find hope when trouble comes. So as a mom and I'm watching Maddox fall, I'm like, oh man, he's about to tumble or whatever. Like he's learning, he's a little bit wobbly and as he gets scraped or bruised or whatever it looks like, I am there to pick him up and remind him that he is loved and that he is safe and give him these tangible tools for overcoming hard circumstances or when life is going to be tough for him in hopes that when he grows up to be an adult, he can remember these tools and pull them out himself. So that is my job as a mom. And I have to remind myself that every single day, that there's nothing I can do to keep Maddox away from sin. There's nothing I can do to keep Maddox away from trouble. It's just going to happen. And it's just a consequence of being flesh in a fallen world. But instead, I can remind him of who Jesus is, give him the comfort that the Holy Spirit gives us and remind him that his father has created him uniquely and wonderfully made. That is something that I feel like I cling to every single day. We have uh, this routine that I love when I'm laying him down at night, especially when like Thomas is gone. I'm typically the one that lays him down, obviously. Right before, I kind of, I put him in a sleep sack and I turn on the sound machine. I turn off the light and it's so weird. It's like all sleep time cue, So he knows to put his head on my shoulder and it's so sweet. He just kind of snuggles there and I just pray over him. And the first thing I start out with is, God, you are so much greater than I, will you please fill in the gaps from where I messed up today? Because I know I did. I know I failed Maddox in some way or another, but I'm asking God to fill in the gaps because he is way better than I could ever be as a parent. Him filling in the gaps is the best thing that you can ask, especially if you are like me and you wanna keep your kids out of trouble because that's just not gonna happen. Another one of my favorites is to not apologize for your baby or your children or yourself for what you need to do. So let me clarify um, and give you an example. The other day, I was supposed to go on a walk with a friend and I was really looking forward to it. It was beautiful weather and it wasn't extremely windy, which it typically is here in Oklahoma. And I was really looking forward to this walk. And I'm pretty sure my friend was too. Maddox took a longer nap than normal, which kind of set back the rest of our schedule with lunchtime and all the things. And so when I texted her, I asked her, I was like, hey, is there another time that would work today? Maddox slept later than he typically does. And before I probably would have added, I'm so sorry. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, why would I be sorry that my kid slept later than he should? Like, it's not my fault. There's nothing wrong with him doing that. I don't want to apologize for my kids doing what they need to do. And I think that there's a huge culture around this, right? It's subconsciously, I guess, like shame their kids because they apologize for their behavior or whatever, when in reality, like sure, if, if your kid is sleeping later than their nap and is innocent, or if they're guilty because they're having a breakdown, meltdown in the grocery store and you're apologizing, no matter where they are on that spectrum, it's not for you to apologize. Unless your kid hurts someone else obviously hear me out like there's always these like little disclaimers and asterisks I need to add but generally like we are not to Apologize for our children, especially when they're learning the world, learning how it works, learning behavior and reactions. And how do I do this? How do I sleep? How do I eat? How do I function? It's not for us to apologize for them. And in apologizing for them, I am teaching Maddox in some small or big way that what he's doing is wrong. When sleeping later than he should, it's not wrong. I'm going to miss the walk, and that's okay. We can reschedule it, which leads me to my next one, which is it will be okay. I wish I could go back to the first four months mama, like version of myself, because I just was like really on edge. I think I was just irritable because of hormones and I wasn't sleeping very well. But at the same time, I just was like anxious, not necessarily the postpartum anxiety anxious, but like anxious, like when am I going to get time for myself again anxious? Because sleep wasn't regular, or our schedule wasn't set yet, or there was no such thing as routine for our family, much less my baby, and I was just so frustrated with how life was at that very moment because I assumed, especially with it being my first time as a mom, that that's how life is just going to be for the rest of it. Like he's only ever going to take 30 minute naps or he's only ever going to throw his food on the ground or he's only ever going to latch in this position when we're feeding and nursing, like whatever. I just wish that I could go back to myself and say like, it won't be like this for forever in good ways and in bad ways, right? Like this bad thing, this hard thing, whatever it is, it's not going to last for forever. Give it two more weeks. Give it one more week. Give it a few more days. But at the same time, this doesn't last forever. These hard moments are actually going to be moments that you miss, weirdly enough, in a few weeks, in a few months. So I'm trying to teach myself that even now in these moments with sweet one-year-old Maddox that it's not going to be like this for forever. Although I'm frustrated, push on, press forward. Or although I'm sad because I know this isn't going to last for forever, so soak it in and just be sweet. Another one that I want to just shout from the rooftops is um, don't feel the pressure to soak it all up. Like, yes, there are moments that I would hope that you put your phone to the side, that you make eye contact with your baby, that you just sit there in the moment, soak in all the senses and all the feelings you're feeling in that moment. But at the same time, I feel like the world's put this unneeded pressure on us moms to like soak it all up. Like, you're going to miss this you're going to want this back one day or just wait until they fill in the blank and like all of these weird sort of sly comments. I don't know. I, it frustrates me honestly and I don't even want to get into it. There is no pressure that you need to put on yourself to soak in all of the memories. It's okay if things are a blur. It's okay if you don't remember certain things. It's okay if you've forgotten or you wish you could go back and you couldn't it's okay. It'll be okay. I can guarantee you there's going to be things that you remember and God's going to bring things back into your memory that you didn't remember for a few years. I can say it because it's happened to me before that God is a good giver. And if what you desire is to remember parts of this, when everyone says that it's going to be a blur, then pray for that desire. Like, Lord, I want to remember this. I know that you've given me the desires of my heart on purpose. So if I desire to remember, would you give me moments to remember? And you will. With the help of the Father, I promise you will. It's not up to us. So this pressure to soak it all in and to enjoy these moments and take all of the pictures and make the baby book like... No one is putting that pressure on yourself like maybe you are. And so take a step back too, and think through like, what are my expectations? What are my actual desires? And then, okay, how can I pray through those and make those priority and forget the things that I'm quote unquote supposed to do because the world tells me I'm supposed to do that. I remember I, I forgot to take Maddox's seven month picture. You know how everyone like puts their babies in a chair or on the bed or whatever. They put the little banner next to them. It's like seven months. Um, and I forgot to take the seven months picture. I did. I didn't take it till like probably three weeks later. By at that point, he was already eight months. And I was so frustrated with myself. And I remember just having to have a moment be like, wait, who told me I had to do this? <laughs> like, who were these pictures for? Are they from me? Because I already have a ton of pictures of him at seven months. It's just it's not the one on the white bed with the banner. But I have tons of seven month pictures, and I remember just breathing through it and being like, "It's gonna be good." If people are asking me where his seven month picture is, I'll whip out one that I took of him the other day at the park. Or you know, I just think that this is so much more simple than the pressure we put on ourselves. And so I hope that we could just would release them together. I pray that we would just release them together. Uh, that we have so much responsibility and just natural pressure that we're carrying, being humans, raising tiny humans, that we can release things that don't matter eternally. Which leads me to my next one and one of my favorites, and I'll end with this. But we are raising people of the kingdom of God. Yeah, we are raising kids. Yeah, we are. We are keeping them alive. We are feeding them. We are making sure they sleep, that they are educated, that they're learning their alphabet and all the things of the world. But at the end of the day, are they kind Do they carry fruits of the spirit? My mom said this and I thought it was genius, but she said, we're not raising children, we're actually raising adults. We're raising people that are going to be generational leaders one day. We're raising the next president potentially, or Olympian, or the teacher in the classroom that's kind and sweet and patient with students. We're raising the woman who's going to be the next author that releases a book of hope that someone needs to read. We're raising the next businessman that's gonna have to have hard conversations in a conference room about integrity. We are raising those people. So instead of getting caught up on the small things like taking seven month pictures or making sure you can keep up with the girl next door, I want you to focus on your kingdom builder that you are growing. And that is something that we can only do with the help of the Lord. So I ask that you would just invite him into your home and I ask him that he would just dwell among you he would be with you, that he would guide you, that the Holy Spirit would comfort you in times that you need comfort, would remind you of things that you would want to remember, that he would nudge you when you need to go check in on them or ask them a question or start a conversation. There is a bigger, bigger picture than the picture that the world gives us on what motherhood and childhood is all about. And I hope that we can see through that. And lean in together and do this thing together and I am so grateful that you're here let me say the cool thing about podcasts and I've said this before but I'll say it again is that you pressed play intentionally Instagram is fun and so is Facebook and all the other social media platforms but most of them you scroll and you come across posts that you're like oh that's cool or that's not so cool or I love that or I don't like this and whatsoever but for podcasts you had to press play on purpose and intentionally And so I'm just so grateful that you're here and you showed up and you press play and you're listening at this point So if you're here, here's my huge virtual hug to you If you are a mom already, I'm so thankful that you joined me and you were in this journey together If you are not a mom Earthside yet, but maybe you are carrying your child I am so excited for you If you are a mom who has maybe lost a baby and that baby is now sitting with Jesus and you're hoping for your next I am with you I understand in a way that I wish I never could and wish that we didn't have to do together. If you are someone who desires and yearns to be a mom, but has not gotten that positive pregnancy test yet, I understand and I am with you. There is a tribe of us in all these different pockets of motherhood, and I hope that you know that you are not alone, and you have me and so many other women that chose to press play on this episode today. In fact, I want to get more of us together to the point where I put together a really cool text list where you can text the word MAMA. M-A-M-A to 33777 and it'll sign you up for a really cool email and the email list is really chill. It's not something you're going to get a ton of emails about and I promise they're going to be chock full of resources and fun news and encouragement and discounts if you need pajamas or whatever. I want to be there for you. I think we need to be there for each other and remind each other of the truths that were in this episode today that wise women in my life and the Lord himself has reminded me. Of course, if you need anything, feel free to reach out over either social media or if you're on that text list, you can text the number that our texts come from. You can email me at rachel at rachelautry.com, whatever is easiest for you, but just know that you have a pal in this going through it with you. If you are a new mom and you're just overwhelmed about a few different things, I, and that's probably why you listen to today's episode. If you're anything like me, you're just trying to prep and prepare and gain all the wisdom and the hacks and the tips and like figure out what you should register for or not. I got you. I actually put together a baby registry guide that is a huge checklist of all the things that I used in our first year of parenthood. I left out the things that didn't matter and that we never touched. I put in the things that we loved, even with specific links to what we actually ordered. So if you need any kind of help or guidance or just a good place to start, you can download that over on rachelautry.com. And I'll also put that in their show notes today. You can find the show notes at the bottom of the information description and whatever podcast platform that you're listening in. But you can find that registry guide and also a really cool freebie if you text the word mama to 33777. That's got lots of resources that I am loving from devotionals to Instagram profiles that help me with sleep or different talks and conversation with behavior with food and eating. Where do I start? Girl, I got you. I don't want you to be stressed about the small stuff because there are bigger things calling for our attention as moms that we need to find margin for. So if I can take a few things off your plate to help you find the margin in your life to be the mom that you desire to be, I would love to do that for you and with you. And again, like I said, I'm so grateful that we get to do this journey together. You are so lovely and so incredible. And I'm so grateful that you joined me in today's episode of all the things I've learned as a mom in my first year.